Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Visit No One Likes Us Clothing for all your Millwall clobber www.noonelikesus.co.uk Hi, I'm Gary Rowett and you're listening to the world-famous Acton Millwall. Hello dear listeners, welcome to Acton Millwall. My name is Nick Hart, you're listening of course to the number one Millwall podcast. To begin us today, this is a short confession. I wasn't actually at the den today watching that very frustrating 0-0 draw with Hull City. I'm actually away for a week's holiday. So I managed to watch um, a rather shaky stream of uh, of today's match. Um, sort of, certainly sort of bulk of it. Very frustrating game to, to, to view. It must have been very frustrating to be in the den. I'd sense a, you know, a lot of tension around the place today. Um, but first up, Michael Avery fulfilled my live in-game comment duties for us today. So let's begin the show, listeners, by having a quick listen to Michael Avery's thoughts, musings and comments on today's action at the Den. So over to Michael now. Achtung, Milbal. As the players line up around the centre circle, we invite you to join us in a minute's silence as a bugler plays the last post. The silence will end on the referee's whistle. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them.
impeccably observed there, dear listener. Today's game in the championship between Millwall Football Club and the whole city in Bermondsey. My name is Michael Avery, filling in for Mr. Nick of Hart, who is currently in a nicer places in the world. Uh, would you say than we are now? Does that do Bermondsey a disservice? But yes, a wonderfully observed uh, moment there of remembrance for today's remembrance fixture against Hull City, where Millwall go into this game just outside the top six, and Hull uh, City are just outside the drop zone. So the Millwall lineup will be uh, Long in goal, McNamara, Craswell, Cooper and Malone across the back, Mitchell and Savoy in midfield, Honeyman, Fleming, Berry, or Bury, Berry? Dear me. Bury and Bradshaw, with your substitutes being Evans, Shepard, Styles, Bennett, Vogelslama, Vogelslama? Vogelslama, I always get that wrong. Um, Olave and also Biakowski. Big game field today, good attendance. The lower half of the away end is nearly full. There's a few little bits around it, but good attendance from all those in the Dem. As usual, dear listener, we will be checking in as and when things happen. Good early start in the first minute from Millwall here. Uh, I didn't actually voice record that first corner. Amateur, amateur from the commentator. But we have a second straight away after a scuffed effort from Billy Mitchell is uh, saved and pushed round by the whole keeper. Malone on the left-hand side now. He had a short corner a moment ago. Does, will this be one that swings out? It will slightly into the area. It's met in the air and gathered well by the 13 and goal. Good opening minute by Millwall so far. Um, slight concern with being a good opening minute is we've got uh, 89 left. So we need to see how they go. And I've been pointed out as well, um, the uh, block 45, yep, the block 45, I can see streamers going off um, and high-pitched girls screaming. That is Harry War Warren screaming the return of Ryan Woods today in the den. So there you go, Harry, this one's for you, mate. It's like it's like be like a tribute. Hopefully, him moving around, not doing much, will be an appropriate tribute for what he contributed down at the den. Six minutes in, and Millwall, uh, apart from a little moment that Hull, Hull that's what we're going to be, Hull, just had there. Uh, looking slightly the bright out of the two. Bradshaw just done well to slip the defender and make his way through, but I think he was caught in a little bit of a what do I do moment because he obviously could have gone through on goal, um, but he, he was looking for a pass and, and decided to do neither. Uh, so it went back to the goalkeeper, but it was a good little mo move, spun off the shoulder well. Reminiscent of Lee Gregory, would you say? Without the finish. So, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, 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 without the same, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine Lee Gregory not being able to shoot after a really good turn. That's what uh, Bradshaw just done. I have to say, I do, I do like the way that the EFL uh, referees this year are staying with the orange of the Mason scaffolding orange. They look like upside down highlighters when you're trying to get the wrestling in cat. Kick is in the air, and towards Jake Cooper. Jake Cooper, who literally, there was probably more, I actually physically saw more people in Jake, like on Jake Cooper, than I saw of Jake Cooper himself, and then somehow, a flick down gets a kick to Hull City. Is it going to be one of those games with whistle-happy refs? Let's hope not. Talking about familiar faces as well. Um, I completely forgot for a second. Ed, uh, George Honeyman um, was Hull's captain last year, wasn't he? Uh, and they were very disappointed that he left. Are we, are we disappointed the contribution he's made to Mill this season, Honeyman? Yeah, I'm not really sure what he offers so far, apart from the endeavour and one goal. I'm not going to lie, I forgot he was on the other day. Um, against Birmingham and I liked Honeyman I mean against Dartford he was quality I remember that I, I, I remember say, yeah I remember saying against Dartford Harry's going to be player of the season already there's a foul there Hull on the build up turn shoot good save by Joel Dong oh Long as well he played for Hull 
Um, yeah, that's another one. Um, yeah, so Millwall player was fouled in the build-up there. The ball fell to a whole player on the edge of the box who's had a shot curling effort well kept out by George Long. George Long has done more in this nine minutes than he did against Birmingham the other day. Long kick up the field. Oh, Bradshaw unlucky to bring the ball down now. Good pressure on the defender. There it goes. Well done, Tom Bradshaw. And also, uh, shout-out to Scott Malone's... Um, Scott Malone's Movember effort. He looks like the guy who played Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. And we, and we do have a towel for this throw. That's very nice. Uh, so, I'll tell you, if we don't score from this, from all that drying, this ain't seriously wrong with the game. Big throw. Met in the air. Oh, flicked on. Oh, and no, nearly, nearly. Cooper's just on the end of it. See, this is where you need Cooper to be a bit taller, really, don't you? Still nil-nil. Brought down there by Honeyman. Oh, that was awful, wasn't it? Plays it again, back out wide against a Fleming, who beats his player. Lovely. Lovely cross. Oh, no. Lovely cross. Cross goal. And the new centre forward, Cooper, who spent so much time up front so far, nearly gets on the end of it again. He's had a good start, uh, Fleming, don't we think, James? He's a baller. He's a baller. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, so I'm over 30. But he, he, he's, 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 clearly got, he's clearly got an ability level that you could argue is more... Better than the other 10. Better, better, better than the other 21. Yeah. But he's, um, yeah, he's definitely got the ability. He can beat a player. He knows what he wants to do with it. And these crosses in the nicest way. And this is no criticism of any, any player here, really. But if you had a player who could probably read these a, minute, a second or two quicker, you, you'd be looking at 2-0 now. We were driving down to the game earlier today. And we were driving through Greenwich all around the one-way system. And all you can hear is like, Leicestershire, Leicestershire, la, 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 la. And all this... And basically, I forgot it was the first round of the FA Cup this weekend, um, even though I watched parts of it last night on the telly. Uh, but Cholton have got Colville Town today. And then you heard the famous, you know, I want to go home, I want to go home. This place is not a nice place, which is the PG version for our young listeners. I want to go home. Um, so, yeah, Colville Town are playing against Cholton today. And uh, I actually Googled who they were and where they are. And, uh, yeah, they're up in Leicestershire, as their supporters would sing. And, uh, yeah, for, their, their ground doesn't look too great, to say the least. It looks like a couple of sheds around the pitch. But I think if you go into the valley, I think that song's quite accurate about uh, London being a shithole. But it makes you think, doesn't it, with these with these early rounds of the FA Cup and where, where we've come from as a club, really. There's a lot of comment on Gary Rowett and the football we play and all this kind of stuff. But here's the ultimate question. Would you rather... Would, I think uh, Neil Fizzler said it the other day on uh, on an Acton. Would you... Where, you know, where would you rather be? You know, yes, we are a steady championship team under Gary Rowett. I'd rather be playing in a league game in November than playing in the FA Cup, that's for sure. And I love the FA Cup, but those early rounds against some of these teams... Can be a tad tedious. Hole on the attack now from a corner. Shot comes in, there's a deflection. Falls to Woods on the edge of the box who has a shot, cuts through everyone. Oh, he has a shot through. And on the edge of the six-yard box, there's a Cruyff turn. A Cruyff deflection, not so much a turn. Cruyff deflection towards goal and long holds well. But yeah, so back to the point at the start of the voice note. Millwall Hall on a Saturday in November may not be the most glamorous of games before we, uh, before we go to the World Cup. But I'd rather this than... a. Uh, and those early rounds of the FA Cup, that's for sure. Ironically, speaking of FA Cup weekends uh, and games and whole, I always remember that game, I think it was the 2009-10 season or 2008-9. Somebody obviously ran there under Kenny Jackett one season where he was being promoted from League One and Hull was in the Premier League. And we had that infamous away game uh, where Hull beat us 2-0. Uh, and all you can say, it was a 
slightly lively. Was you at that game, dear listener? Was you with, with that? If so, remember your thoughts on a remember your thoughts and write them down on a postcard because I will write them with the pen that was hurled at me when we was at Hull. Uh, lively to say the least. Enjoyable, very enjoyable. And I remember uh, I remember going down motorways with loads of blue lights around us for quite a long time on the coach. Coach two, I won't coach one, coach two. But yeah, it was an interesting day. A through ball's played to Bradshaw from Malone, who's um, right by the corner flag. Cross comes in from Honeyman. That's very, that's very, very, very close. Cooper, Cooper wins a header and he's wrestled to the floor at the same time. And the ref gives nothing. And, and Rowett is going over to the, Rowett's going over to the referee asking what's going on. And, and I think Mia Wall were asking, what does he need to do to win a penalty? Because yeah, that that, that was pretty uh, pretty strong. So yeah, now now he stopped play because Cooper's been pulled on the floor again before the corner's been kicked. And now the referee's having a word with the two of them. I can't I can't understand why the ref's talking to both players. But it, it's something he needs to get hold of quickly because it's going to be one of those games. Either they're just going to start chinning each other. Or throwing each other all over the place and then it turns into one of those games. So yeah, so, the, so an earlier cheer was for a yellow card on the 20 by, by Hull City, should I say. Sorry, I lost, I lost words there. So the 20's in the book because he basically tripped up Bury when he was through from a low through ball from a free kick. There's a lot going on at the moment just outside the box now. The Hull City players are asking why the player's been booked. And it's a clear trip when Bury's through. I'm not saying he was through on goal or anything like that, dear listener, or he would have really done anything with it. But it's a silly, cynical foul. He knew what he was doing. The ball is now, I'd say, about five, ten yards outside of goal. The referee's walking back the wall. Should be just inside the box. Yep, he sprayed his, uh, he sprayed the white paint. That looks like shaving cream all over the floor. A hush goes round the den. A hush goes round the den, or as Cholton calls it, atmosphere. I don't know why I'm on a Cholton uh, bash today. I don't really care too much about Cholton, to be fair. But the line is made. Fleming is stepping back. Whistle is taken. He runs towards the ball. He curls it round the wall. Oh, the side netting ripples. The keeper was beat. The keeper was beat. There's no two ways about it. But <laughs> but so was the post. Yeah, the keeper had, watching it again on the replay, it's a lovely free kick. He's got absolutely no chance. Absolutely no chance if, if that's on target. But he's so close. And, and you can hear the iron around me because they keep showing the repeat on the replay. Oh, and dear listener, oh, nearly goal, should I say. It was literally... Very reminiscent of the Arsenal goal against Norwich a few years ago with Wilshere. So basically, Flem Fleming's got the ball. He's played it in his turn beautifully, played it along to Bradshaw. Bradshaw's cut it back. He's gone to Savile. Savile's passed it back in. Back into Fleming. And he's just, just missed. It was a fantastic, fantastic effort. Oh, there's a straight leg. And as I'm talking about the goal, as I'm talking, the goal we nearly scored, should I say? As I'm talking about the goal we nearly scored, there's a foul, a nasty, nasty-looking foul in the Millwall half. You just hear off, 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 off from the 19, and bang, that red card is straight out. Was it the 19 who sent off? Yeah. Yeah. It was sent. Yeah, straight off. Let's see what happens now. We always say Millwall don't always do great about against 10 men, but red player they're down to 10 now red card how like you pronounce that a stupid name a stupid name it's a stupid tackle that old foul that's what it was Creswell now wearing a uh, wearing a headband that's reminiscent of 
uh, Terry Butcher back in the day uh, for the old listener. Uh, do you remember the Terry Butcher during the, during the World oh, yeah, Cup? Yeah. It's just a shame this season he's played more like Pat Butcher. <laughs> We're coming up to 45 now. Um, and it's not been too bad a half. In truth, it's been okay. Uh, been some nice stuff. We've had some good moments. Fleming's looked really good. A lovely free kick, as I said, in that build-up with that. Uh, uh, lovely passing movement that nearly led to a goal. Cooper's come close a couple of times. You know, a couple of debatable penalties we could have had. And uh, and obviously now hold down to 10 men. So it, it's been a good showing from the Lions. Certainly, certainly better than, um, than the Birmingham game, that's for sure. But I think um, the Division 3 paint-drying championship would have been better than the Birmingham game. But it's looking good, looking positive. If there's one team who's going to score, it's going to be us. Oh, just a bit too long. Just a bit too long, the pass. But it's, but it's, it's going well. Back now for the second half of the game. Uh, Millwall now kicking towards the, uh, the cold blow lane end in accordance with whatever uh, old book that Nick normally quotes. An old book. Pride and Prejudice. That's how old I am. A little bit younger. Is that John Berylson over there? Is he, is he here for the game? Oh, JB, I think he is. Yeah. He didn't wave at me, dear listener. It's just I, see, I saw him. He didn't, it's not as if he asked for my attention. Bradshaw at one point legged it off the pitch. He's now got a toilet roll off the, the end of his boot, so we can only presume where he's been. I'll tell you what, this is a preview, dear listener, of what we've got to look forward to in the Premier League. The game is still playing. Um, and Oh, that's a bad tackle on Danny McNamara. But the game is still being played. We're five minutes in, and there's a fella in a Apollo. It looked like an Apollo 13 jacket, didn't it? Yeah, he's 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 clearly not from these parts. It's not Stone Island, or no loot, no loot clothing. It's a plug. Good segue. No one likes us.co.uk. All money goes to the. Uh, not all money. Some money goes to the Lions Food Hub. Uh, yeah. So no, he was stood there, taking picture while the game was going on. I don't think he was English. No. German. Not that that makes any difference. He's one of mates. He could well be. Let's not be too presumptuous. <laughs> Corner now on the left-hand side for Millwall. Uh, Malone with his weird orange and black boots. Uh, looks like he's going to curl this out. Another call for a player going down there. I think it was Fleming. Ball goes back out wide to Malone, who's going to get another cross in. The cross is lovely. Again, really good cross. Met in the air, but... Oh, Fleming with a half volley. I'll tell you what. If that was Ben Thompson last season or... or or dare we say, Alan Dunn a few years ago, we would have packed his bags. But because it's Fleming, oh, it's unlucky. Unlucky, Zian. Saw the idea. It might have hit that steward right at the top there and not the sea off the cold blow lane side. We saw the idea. Corner comes in. Oh, cleared again. We need... We, and it's, it's just... Uh, we're watching it now and I had a moment of silence there while I was trying to describe what's going on. But, I mean, we really need to do more with these corners. I mean, we've had, what, three, four in this half alone. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna ask Stato to get the uh, the, get the stats out. But we've had so many corners and not done anything with them. I mean, we're not even winning the initial challenge in the air. And like I said, what, we've had three or three or four this half already. Five in total. F- five in total. And might be more than Yeah, it's, it's probably not been three refreshed because I swear we've had about three or four in the first half down here, and a few more um, a few more in the second half so far. But. I mean, looking at the stats now, I mean, it doesn't... It, we've had nine shots, two on target, five corners. This, we really need to be doing... We need to be doing more with these corners. You don't even mind if they meet them in the air 
and like they head it wide or, or it goes goes over or something like that. But we're not even winning that initial first header that's really challenging the goalkeeper, especially in the last few. Without trying to be too defeatist already because we're at 60 minutes and I'm hoping the curse of the commentator gets me this time. But the last couple of minutes really has been um, hold, knocking the ball around. They've got, they've got 10 men and they're passing into so much space and moving. I mean, like there's four, there's three on the edge of the box. They're ducking in and out now. Cross comes in. You know, we, we shouldn't we shouldn't be shouldn't be this under the cost considering they're the ones with a man with a man less than us. We're attacking now. Fury with the ball on the edge of our box, and there he's just standing still. Do so with it. There's a really long cross to absolutely no one. Absolutely no one. The ball gets played to Bury. Bury literally stands there for easily three, four seconds. Plays it out wide to Bradshaw, and Bradshaw just hoofs it into the box. And just keeper just plucks it out of the air. We're the ones with 11 players. And like now, Hull, they are passing this ball around every time. Look, one touch, two touch passing around our team. They've got 10 players. Do something. Tackle them. You know, we, we, we said at the start of the half, and Mill need like, you know, they're probably better, so I plan some good stuff. The goalkeeper, throw down the goalkeeper. He's closing down. We need to sharpen up. It was a better, it was a good first half. And I was going to say before I've done this recording that the mistakes are coming in there, the silly crosses. But it's just, these last few minutes have been awful, really bad. And we've taken the lead. Oh, it's offside. Oh, we've taken, oh, I thought that was it. I thought that was it. I thought that was the curse of the commentator. I thought that was 1-0. But the offside flag is up. Cross goes in. Ball finds the roof of the net. Offside flag's up. The problem we're getting at the moment is Hull, they're doing the classic time-wasting. Um, and I know some people, some listeners, are with, you know, we don't like the time-wasting and all that kind of stuff that comes with it. But they're, they're, they're doing what every team do when they're away from home. They're away from home. Um, they're now currently, as it stands, in the bottom three uh, because of other results in other places. But they're away from home, 10 men in the bottom three. They urgently, desperately need a point. Desperately need a point. And they're just doing, doing time-wasting things. Ryan Woods, it just took him about a week and a half to get off the pitch when he was subbed. The goalkeeper, every short goal kick he's taken, uh, every goal kick he's taken, he's taking his time. And every time he's got a ball in the hands, he's using those eight to 10 seconds or whatever it is he's allowed to, to have. We've just got to stop being sucked into it. It's, it's game management tactics. And I'll tell you what, everyone's getting pissed off with a referee. And everyone's getting annoyed with the time-wasting. It wouldn't be this case if we took our chances and was 2-0 up, would it? You know, that we, we wouldn't see them time-wasting as much then. So it's down to us to beat these teams, not rely on them to not time-waste news tactics to let us in the game. Fleming's had a, Fleming's had a great game today. Whereas, whereas a team, we've been flat. Fleming individually has played really, really well. And he's, he's trying to get the crowd into it. We're now, in, we're now in the last five minutes of added on time. Um, I was just saying a moment ago that, you know, if you're a fan of, of football, um, be it Millwall, Hull, whoever, and you're an away fan, you, you, you'd be slightly disappointed. Obviously, you come down nil-nil, not had a lot of actions, and you're seeing your team play for a draw when you're three, four hours from home. But professionally, professionally, if you was a whole manager or, or someone linked with whole, like a player or coaching staff, if this stays nil-nil, it's absolutely spot on for them. Um, they're frustrating Millwall. What? Millwall have, at times, been sort of better sides in periods. They've frustrated them. They've done what they've needed to do, job done. Millwall, Millwall as, soon, as soon as that player got sent off, 
everyone here in block three was very much we don't do well against 10 men and this second half has shown it because i wouldn't say that the first half was electric or amazing or you know pay-per-view type football and all that champions league level stuff but it was okay it was good there was chances there was things to build on but we just haven't built on it the second half and like i said there's been times where you think hull with a team around 11 players not us and you can you can hear the frustrations of the crowd because we've given the support we've 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 backed them there's silly little fouls there from styles silly fouls there that's not needed when you've only got a couple of minutes left and he's going to blow any minute now it's going to be a long long free kick up the pitch game over surely if you hold you go away very happy if you're mill you go away disappointed because this this hasn't been good enough we play, as, as, as young James says next year, we play with forwards who are pressing forwards. You know, like, do, do they have the skill that you need to be a top six club? You can argue, maybe not. Fleming is a player. If you've got a player of disability who's disinfluential, get him in the game more. You can't have a game plan of relying on Jake Cooper every time there's a set, set piece or a corner or a throw or any, anything that relies on his height. You've got to have a player like Fleming and bring him in the game. Get him in the game more. We play the passes to him. We get the ball to him occasionally, but he should be. If, if you're, you shouldn't have one player, you shouldn't have one player who's going to be. You should. You shouldn't have one player who's your focal point. And if you are, it's got to be your most creative talent out there. And we don't use Fleming the way I think we should. And even Vogelsammer, he has his, he has his critics, but. I think he's good enough to work, that warrants a start as well. Last, last, this, this whistle's going to go any minute now. Any minute now, this whistle's going to go. Bradshaw brings the ball down on the edge of the box. Hull clear it. The referee's looking at his watch. Malone is chasing down the ball. Shelton's telling him to relax a bit. Booze ring around the den. For a first half, Dad. For the first half, Dad, promise. Just not delivered, dear listener. I said the other day, Birmingham, away. You go away, play not too great, but get your point. If you make it count and you win at home. Preston away next week, coming your lines. Hello. Mike Hayden here, following that 0-0 draw against Hull City. Uh, I'm having a beer tonight. I'm sure some of the listeners will be as well, or perhaps something stronger. Um, what are we doing at the moment? Um, we're going through the old Gary Rowett cycle again, um, where you go on a good run of form. Gary Rowett's the best thing since sliced bread, and then you go on a shit run of form, um, and people are saying Rowett out. Um, and you just have this sort of continuous cycle. Um, and that, for me, screams mid-table mediocrity, um, or just slightly above mid-table, just to make Gary's CV look a little bit better. You know, ninth or tenth. Oh yeah, top half finish. Well done, Gary. Um, but yeah, it just, it just fucks me off to be honest because this is 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 not enough. I mean, the clear ambition at the moment this season is a top six finish. We've heard it from the manager. The club want to finish there. The investment in the side is a top six finish. Now, historically, you know, I'm sure all of you have been supporting Millwall for a long time. We are still performing extremely well as a club. Don't get me wrong, but if someone comes out and says the ambition is to finish top six, then anything beneath that, for me, is underperforming. And and today was an underperformance. Um, I think 
I can't fault the players necessarily because I think you know we there were some decent performances out there. I thought Malone had a good game. Fleming has his moments. Has also his erratic nature. You know, kicking it over the bar every twenty minutes. But I think he, he you know, he's he's got something, and we we know that. Um, but there were other good performances out there. But I think what let what let the, the it down today. You know, when you're playing against ten men who have ten men behind the ball. Um, basically the whole second half is um unfortunately the managerial performance um i didn't think it was good enough um i think the substitutions were essentially just bringing on almost like for like players in the same position um and we were just focusing on getting lucky again um you know your luck runs out when you're focusing on direct play knockdowns deflections something someone hitting off someone's arse and going in um, sometimes it works for you and I think that's maybe why we had this good run of form when it works it's great um, but if you're thinking that you want to be a top six club you have to be better than that and you have to do more than that and um, unfortunately we're not showing that at the moment um, if we can crack that and if Rowick can crack it and actually score in a different way then you know we we could well be a top six side but at the moment um you know it's very much based on luck but i just don't know why he just didn't try and just switch it around i mean just chuck two up front or, or do something kind of slightly different um the goal may well have come today and, and maybe we, we wouldn't have been as disappointed today because we did you know obviously thoroughly deserve to win um but i think it goes back to the old you know lack of creativity and lack of ideas uh, and when you're just lumping it in the box all game, hoping that something happens, um, again, that is not a side that is gearing up for a top six push. Um, so I, I demand more from Rowett. I think he, he's got to have a look at it and go, you know, in a game like that, you know, we don't want to lose the game, which is obviously his first focus. But, you know, that 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 was a, that was a really, really disappointing result today. Um, and also the last two as well. Um, I think Birmingham, Huddersfield and Hull, to be honest, will probably be in the bottom six, eight positions in, in the league. Um, we need to be picking up more than two points from three games. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm demanding more from, from the Lions at the moment. Um, and um, if we if we can give more, you know, I, I'm sure we'll be all right because I think the players are there. I just think there's something missing, whether it's a change of management or whether it's him just still not quite finding that mojo. Anyway, time for another pint. Hello Nick, Graham Payne here. Why do we always struggle to beat sides when they go down to 10 men? I was happy with the starting 11, hoping Tyler Bury would finally have an impact from the start. However, he proved yet again that he's better when he comes off the bench. He had no real involvement in the game, unfortunately. We had a couple of half chances in the first half, a Cooper header and Fleming was close with a free kick. The sending off was correct. It was a reckless high challenge on Charlie Cresswell. I think we've all seen a photo of his face. Second half, we huffed and puffed, slow build-up play from side to side at the back. Crosses going into the box with no real impact. Bradshaw was offside for his disallowed goal. Scott Malone came closest to scoring, I think, when, with the shot that the keeper tipped over. Rowett's tactics, especially against 10 men, again will come into question. I think he seriously needs to think about getting in an attacking coach during the break. Did not agree with Savile being subbed. I thought he was playing well. And why was Alaffy not brought on instead of Evans? It appears he will never be given a chance under Rowett. So that's three games, no goals and just two points. 
I think when it comes down to it, we just lack players of real quality in the forward positions to win games like today. It will probably stop us from moving up to the next level and probably finishing outside the playoff spots again. Anyway, on to the next game, away to Preston. Come on, you Lions. Achtung, Mehlball. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Achtung, achtung, Christmas is a coming, dear listeners. And to quote Richard Chaplow, 26 appearances, nine sub, one goal. As he once said, you cannot beat a good board game. And we've got a good board game for you here. Achtung has teamed up with a tremendous football trivial pursuit style game called Pundit. You can follow Pundit at Pundit Games on Twitter. And it's a really nice little game, actually. It's a board game. It consists of football trivia questions, easy and hard. Some of the hard ones are very, very hard. And you move along a football pitch to score goals against your opponent. It will suit the football head in your life, dear listeners. Great way to pass a Christmas afternoon. You can get a 10% discount if you visit punditgames.co.uk. That's P-U-N-D-I-T-G-A-M-E-S. Punditgames.co.uk. Get a 10% discount at checkout with the code LIONS in capital letters. LIONS, capital letters. And every sale will benefit the Lions Food Hub. Um, what a better way to pass your Christmas than to enjoy a good football trivia game and to know you're doing good at the same time. So get on it. Punditgames.co.uk Achtung, Mailball. Huge thank you to Michael Avery for those live notes, which um, really gave a sense of 
today's very frustrating match. But joining me now to chew over the the cut of that game is the man himself, Michael Avery. Welcome on the show, Michael. Good evening, dear listener, from a uh, wet bonfire night in South East London. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed some of those notes more than the game itself. Uh, I mean, just talking about the game, it was a frustrating 90-plus minutes there, Mike. Um, I mean, I was watching on a stream, listeners. I wasn't at the den today. Um, so I was, I was watching it via, um, you know, a, slightly, a, a, a constantly buffering stream, which looked like it wasn't far away from the reality of the game. I mean, a couple of things really struck me, Mike, watching watching on from afar. The referee today, I thought, was appalling. I thought an awful referee. I mean, you're a ref yourself. How did you see his refereeing performance today? Was that the root of all evil, or, or was he was it um, wider than that for you? I I did. I was surprised. Let's just say that um, since, since doing the referee course, the anger to officials has definitely done dialed down. But yeah, um, I was surprised that some penalties weren't given, especially, yeah. um, I don't know if you recall, Nick, if you saw it on the stream, but there was one time where Jake Cooper and the five for um, Hull, I can't remember his name now, but they were holding each no. other. The referees pulled them up. So you've obviously, the referees saying to both of them, don't do it again. Or obviously there'll be repercussions either way, depending on which way the decision goes. Or we can only presume the referee was saying that. And then literally as the corner swings in, exactly the same thing he's just told them off for doing happens. And, you know, it, it, it's not Nick. It's not as if he even gives a foul the other way. You know, where you could think, well, you know, Cooper's Cooper's like leaning in, or he's hanging on to Cooper, or whatever it might be. But I, I, I did struggle with quite a lot of the decisions today, personally. Um, in the sense where a few of the people I sit with know I'm a referee as well, and they're asking me, and I'm like, well, some of them re- referees don't overly like sort of not not don't like giving penalties. Wrong way of putting it, but they like to see game flow and things like that, but. Yeah, I ju- I just I I was bewildered with at least two or three of them why they weren't penalties. I was, I mean, obviously watching on the TV, you're given the benefit of the zoom camera, whereas in real life you're up high in the stands. I am that normally, so you know they zoomed in on on Jake and the 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 whole defender, um, and it was like a rugby match, Mike. I mean, you know, they they clearly, I mean, teams will identify Jake Cooper and our set piece threat as, as something they need to counter and it's almost like they've been given aiding and abetting by the referee because if it if an actual um you know the people uh, are wrestling him to the ground and it wasn't you know it's not an exaggeration to say that and it's not penalized then they carry on doing that and that's pretty much what happened for large chunks of today's game there's just no uh, the whistle was not being blown for clear and obvious breaches of the rules of football and i, I don't know where you go with that because um you know, I think the commentary team, Jay, uh, Carl, and, and uh, I think his name was uh, was uh, Dave today. I think his name was, um, but they made the point that because Jake's a big bloke, that somehow referees think everything's his fault. I, I, I can't believe it's that simplistic, but that seems to be how it worked out today. Yeah, and and there was there was one time in the game. I, I think I managed to get it in the sort of stream today, from what I recall. But there was one time where there was like three players all over him and you think it you know in in, in in football one player makes the tackle so what were the other two doing you know like there, there wasn't even like an, there wasn't even an obstruction of like given you know you, you can maybe argue oh it might not be a free kick and all this but or like a foul but there's got to be an obstruction you can't have three players literally wrapping themselves around no around Jake no. Cooper like bow constrictors the way they were at some points around him and, and just just nothing being given whatsoever I mean there are some, 
like you know, when when, when you do referee games, it, it and and you there is any doubt whatsoever, you know, you you do tend to go to defending team because to give a decision against an attacking team when you're in doubt it, it will have far more repercussions on the game than giving it to a defending team. You know, like if you give the yeah, benefit they always are on the side that. of the defence. It seems, yeah, 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 exactly. Now I'm not I'm not saying that all referees do that. Don't get me wrong. Before anyone starts saying our oh, refs are bent and all this kind of thing. But just to give you an idea, you know, but there, there's some, like we say there, where one or two of them, you might think, mm, may, maybe I can see with a referee's head on why he's give it. But like I said, there were so many today. So, so many today. But It was a frustrating watch, that's for sure. Uh, it, it, it was frustrating, it. Nick. But, but like I said at points as well to some of the people sat around me, we had, we had our chances ourselves. You know, so many people were moaning about time wasting and, you know, the goalkeeper taking long with the ball in his hands, etc., etc., we should we should have been tuning up in the first half, you know, with, with some of the chances we had. You know, they weren't they weren't necessarily clear cut, but you know, we we should have put them away. I agree. I mean, I wouldn't say we had plenty of chances. I'm just looking at my own notes, but we did have chances, listeners. I mean, in, including the first half, Jake, I think, just couldn't get a, an extra inch on the end of his very long legs already to poke one on. It was about nine or ten minutes into the game, and that was from one of Zian's long throws. And, you know, I think Bury made a couple of runs um, which created crosses, which on another day get touched in. So we, we, we across yeah, both halves kick. of the, the... free kick. The free kick, yeah. Um, and then the disallowed goal, which takes me back to the, the referee because, again, with the benefit of such replay as, as the stream showed today, I mean, it was very hard to see what... Um, what it was disallowed for. I mean, the, the commentary was talking about offside, but I can't believe it was offside because Bradshaw looked like he was behind the defenders, such as you could tell. And I've got a caveat that you don't see the whole incident and we don't have any other angles to work with. But unless it was for pushing and that wasn't mentioned, I can't see how it was offside. But it looked like a decent goal, but it was disallowed. And, you know, it, I think there's a combination. My, my summary that I wrote to myself, I don't know if you'd agree with this, Mike, is that we, we had no luck, we had an awful referee, and we lacked guile to unlock a difficult and well-organised, in fairness, defence. The whole city, went, from the moment they went down to 10 men, seemed to me to be um, there to, to, to make life difficult for us, which they will do, and we didn't have the wit to un unpick that lock. That, that mm. strikes me as, as the problem being... Um, as somebody put, put online, I, I can't remember who it was who posted this, but it's three games now, 270 minutes of football, plus if you if you include added time, where we've not scored a goal. That's that's the kind of record. We, we know, we, we've lurched from um, one extreme to the other, doesn't it? One, one minute we're looking unstoppable, and then we go on this kind of desert run of, of, of no goals. You know, it's like being in the Kalahari Desert, suddenly, goals-wise. Yeah, and the thing is as well, Nick, I don't know about you, but... You say about guile and luck and everything, bad refereeing, which I, I agree. I do agree with you. But I, I just think there were points where we just run out of ideas. You know, like there was a bit where Tyler Bury's got the ball on the edge of the box. And I'm not sure if, if the buffering covered it but, or or you mm. thought there was a fault with the camera when it was buffering. <laughs> but he, there was one point where he literally stood there for about like four seconds. And like, yeah, had no idea. No. To do something. And something else, someone else was screaming to do something. And he just stood there. And and this and this goes back to a degree. I'll, I'll touch on Gary Rowick's tactics shortly because I don't think he got everything a hundred percent right. But then there's also elements where, yes, with, with his tactics, but you shouldn't you shouldn't have to tell a professional footballer who stopped six yards out to keep running. 
or shoot, you know, like the, 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 these professional footballers, it's their no. livelihood. One thing I will mention, I'm not sure if you would agree with this or not, um, and listeners also, I think that, so last season we had a reliance on Jed Wallace in the season before, um, we had re- reliances on Jed Wallace. Recently, we seem to have a reliance on Jake Cooper. He, like, I'll I, I put in our group chat, half tongue in cheek, when did Cooper become a forward? Because there was plenty of times in that game he was up front. And like we said about the, the tactics they do now, Millwall, where we take the goal kick and they play it long. Yeah. But you, you take Cooper out of the game, like so from the corners, was the corners, the, our attacking play from the corners was atrocious today. Absolutely atrocious. We did absolutely we nothing. crossing all afternoon, Michael. I thought that the quality of our crossing generally, including dead balls, corners, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we rarely beat that defense, and that's that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And and what I was saying as well was like, even when we did beat the first man, and there was a chat, and there, there was no challenging in the box at all. Like every corner was a free header out by Hull because they nullified Jake. But if your if your game plan is you want to focus on one player or one player's the catalyst who gets things right, that's fine. That's that's how you want to play the game and you want it to work. That's fine. We have got a player in Zian Fleming who today done so much with the ball when he got it and showed how much better he is than probably the majority of every single player on that pitch today. Why are you not building or getting him in the game more? Yes, we gave him the ball at times, but for this fascination with every ball corner had to go to Jake Cooper or every kickoff had to go to Jake Cooper or dead ball. You've got playing Zian Fleming there, who is like an absolute puppet master, can pull on his day, can pull every single string, and you're not mm. utilising him properly. The way he no. played today, and I think the issue we had with, because I counted four in the first half, so you had Fleming with the uh, uh, free kick that hit the side net in, you had that lovely little movement where it was all that sort of one-two touch football around players, which Fleming was instrumental in and dictating the whole yep. thing, and we nearly scored. And then you had those... Um, you, I think you had a throw in from Fleming and a cross from Fleming that Cooper didn't get on the end of, which I recall. I think, I think today it strikes me that you know you, we're now haunted by this statistic that there's two hundred and three games without a goal now. You know Huddersfield mm-hmm. and then Birmingham and today. Um, on another day, yes, I, I think Zian Fleming is. You know, I, I, I got uh, slightly teased the other day from Neil for overpraising him. I, I remain convinced he's a, a talented, talented player. Oh, he's excellent! And he's so playing excellent. Playing, he's playing passes and balls for, for players of lesser imagination that they can't get onto. It's a bit like um, I, w- I wouldn't put him in the same um, breath, perhaps, as Glenn Hoddle in his pond. But Hoddle would often play balls for players that they just either couldn't make or hadn't even foreseen. And I think so, there's something of that with. With Zian, I mean, in the end, it gets a bit indulgent because he's trying to do too much on his own, which is Jed Wallace's, um, you know, yeah. it was Jed Wallace's syndrome towards the end of his time. But yeah, I mean, we failed to unlock a pretty solid looking 10 man whole city today. Um, and that kind of sums up large chunks of the season, Michael, really, isn't it? That that lack of ability to to find a goal when when, when one's needed. Yeah. My, to, going back to the. Uh, Fleming um, comment, and then we'll go back to what you said about unlocking Hull. I I think you were spot on, and I think the reason, and we we said very similar at half time, um, you know, with the sort of crosses he put in and came close and all that kind of stuff. I think he's just where he's more intelligent than the other players. I don't know if it's academically, but <laughs> football wise, he's football he's, wise he's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. more intelligent. They they can't read what he's going to do until it's too late. 
you know, like with those crosses, yeah, you could yeah, see Cooper yeah. was a second too slow. Or um, sometimes there was some movement that he played a ball through and it might be, it might have looked like it was a heavy touch, but actually if the player read it earlier, it was, it was a great ball, that kind of thing. I think with Hull, I said it as well. I can't remember if I said it in the, in, in, in the game, in game voice notes or, or to somebody sat next to me. But I said, if you were Hull, if you was a Hull fan, and you came back from the den, you'd be like, well, a little bit disappointed. Three, four hour coach journey, Dan. You've just seen a nil-nil. If you was whole city professional associated with a club, a player, manager, coaching staff, tea lady, whoever, you would be happy with that performance today because you've come into that game just outside the relegation zone. I think they might have slipped into it, but they've still got a point. They've gone to someone like Millwall who's trying to get into the top six. You've gone down to 10 men. You're at the bottom of the table fighting for your life and you've just completely shut them out in that second half. I mean, the first half... Well, they worked hard. They worked hard. Yeah, yeah. They they worked very hard. I'm not going to say the first half was the best half of football I've ever seen. Absolutely wasn't. It really wasn't. But it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad first half from Millwall. And I genuinely thought we can actually sort of build a little bit on this now. You know, like like cut out these little mistakes here and there, read what Fleming's going to do. And I, I said, I said, I think if there's one team who's going to win this game, it will be us. It won't be like we won't run away with it, but it will be us. And then no, it was going to be a game of one goal. I mean, there was, I'm just reading um, Phil Clark posted how um, some um, interchange of views took place between Gary Rowett and I imagine the West Lower at the end of the game. I mean, it, and I love the the meme that Harry just sent around on our group chat, which is like a, the five stages of grief type of idea, listeners. The the four stages of Gary Rowett, which begins how we have a good run, then everyone's saying he's going to take us to the Premier League, then we can't score a goal, and then the next one is out, Rowett out. It's like a circle, you know, like the five stages of yeah. grief, the five, four stages of Gary Rowett grief. Um, it keeps coming back to the same question as to whether he has the... Uh, whether we have collectively within the side the the wit to unlock these kinds of defences, it will be. I mean, home form is going to govern whether we do get close to the top six at the end of the season, or whether, as Neil said uh, in a recent show, that we we lack the investment um, ability to produce player by players um, that are going to score chances when they do finally come. I mean, it's is is it better to be in in you know in in and around the top six and maybe just not quite there, or is it better uh, to overstretch yourself and sign the big the big marquee signing that maybe or maybe doesn't get those kinds of goals? It, it's it's going to be a season where you kind of keep asking that question. I think, Michael. Yeah. Firstly, I'd like to apologise for the banging outside. It's not my brain cells exploding in anger at that game. That's the fireworks. If anyone can... <laughs> Maybe there's a Gary Rowett guy on the local yeah. bonfire, mate. I, I don't... Um, yeah, penny, penny for the Rowett on, on the bonfire. <laughs> But, um, Listen, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you go, Michael. You've done a sterling job today on the old live trip. Did you enjoy doing that? The old live uh, yeah, live yeah, talk. It was quite. Good fun, <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it was quite. It, it was it was good fun. I've got to say. But I, one 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 final comment, and sorry if this final comment leads into another five ten minute chat. Because I know you're away. <laughs> I I genuinely think, obviously, you can't prove it because it, it's you, you you don't know what teams are going out there. I think a top six team would have beat Hull today and quite comfortably. Interesting point. Interesting point. I think I think you're possibly right. Um, we've got the World Cup break looming. 
and then we have the January transfer window. We're going to see what we're going to get out of that. I think I, I know what you're saying, though, and I think at the moment, based on the current squad, we'll have good games, we'll have little good runs, and then we'll go for a dearth like we are at the moment. So, um, yeah. Listen, I'm going to let you crack on. Enjoy your Guy Fawkes night, Michael, and um, I really appreciate you doing that, that live stuff today. Michael Avery, no, everyone, thank you very much. No problem at all. So huge thank you for my to Michael for both the live stream and also for the post game comments today, listeners. Um, I found today's match, um, as I said, I was watching on screen, so it's a bit different to actually being there in the den. I thought the the first half was uh, up until the sending off. It was actually a, a fairly energetic, well, bad game. It wasn't the worst game I've ever seen. In my time at Millwall, we did create chances. I'm just looking at my notes here. Long throw, flick on, um, which fell to Jake Cooper in, on the ninth minute. And couldn't touch it in. Um, Jules Long made a couple of decent saves, which is one before that, and then one just after that. Um, Hull City pressing forwards. Um, and then, of course, the the uh, the superb, I think I mentioned it with Michael, absolutely superb passing movement reminded me of the um you know the kind of 1992-93 era of Millwall passing football diamond Bruce Riox diamond and all that um very unlucky not to score there Fleming in front of God just couldn't touch it in um then the turning point of what should have been should have been the turning point of the game which was a straight red card on 36 minutes justified straight red i mean the post match pictures of Charlie Cresswell looking like he's been um, you know, hammered before, uh, three rounds in the ring with Mike Tyson or Tyson Fury, perhaps bring it up to date. Um, he continued the game. I mean, the, the post match pictures, uh, he's almost got a foot mark on his face. He continued the game bandaged up. So, you know, full marks to Charlie Cresswell for bravery. Um, I thought we did quite well today defensively. Um, our problem today. Um, as the chances continued but not to be taken through the second half. Our, ch- our, our problem, as ever, this season has been the goal scoring or lack of. Um, post-match, I'm just looking at some of the, the, the comments online after the after the game. Phil Clark, I've mentioned this with Michael already. A few fans, says Phil, sharing their thoughts with Gary Rowett as the game closes. To be grandly re- greeted with numerous fuck-offs back to each one from Gary. So uh, an exchange of views there, listeners. I imagine from the lower west. Um, not a good afternoon all round. Um, Phil says he doesn't have a problem with him giving it back, but it's a sure sign the pressure is telling. Um, this this takes us back to some of the issues that Neil Fissler and I spoke about on our recent show, whether um, we will be ninth or tenth now on the table. We're, we're about three points off the top six. Um, I do take Michael's point that top six sides would have won today and we didn't win today. So that's, you know, maybe a tell as to where we might finish up. And we do have um, a big opportunity ahead um, as the World Cup break looms. We then have the opportunity in January to possibly, possibly add to the squad and give ourselves more firepower. Whether that will be enough firepower to actually turn the season around and fire us into the top six I don't know or is it as Neil and I said um, discussed that it's actually not a bad performance to be in the mix Um, it's it's a deep question a lot of people online are expecting us to do better than what we did today Um, 
Alex Grace makes the point that that was Hull City's first clean sheet in 17 games. Um, Steve Evans, blunt and to the point. As ever, Steve, it's uh, three servings of shit without a goal. So that's 270 minutes of football. No goals in the last three games. Uh, Steve says this is the mule that we all know and love. Uh, um, Tim Shoveler um, says, uh, complains about people booing. Turn it in, says Tim. That must be at the end of the game. As I say, I wasn't there today, so... I am guessing that the final whistle drew booze, I'm guessing. Um, Emma Jones of BBC London Sport says that Rowett saw today as a missed opportunity. It was a missed opportunity. We should have won. We didn't win. And that may be you know, a game that, with a few others, comes to cost, cost us in the long, long run. Last one of this group, David Davison replies back to Emma Jones. What about Gary Rowett doing better with his awful coaching, says David. Mill played just below uh, three, just below average teams, and we haven't scored now. Two more away games coming up with pu- pure negativity. Um, yeah, around the round the merry-go-round we go. There's a great meme. I just touched on it with um, Michael in the in the uh, conversation. Harry's forwarded um, a meme. The uh, f- four stages of Gary Rowett grief. Uh, which shows uh, Rowett is on a good run of three or four games in the bounce. Arrow to the right. Rowett's taking us to the Premier League, it says. Arrow on. But now we have a really long streak with no goals, no wins. <laughs> and then next one after that is Rowett out. And then we go back to he's on a good run of three or four games on the bounce. And round the circle we go. Um, yeah, um, I think, as we've said a few times on these podcasts, I do believe that um, the season's going to be like the road, the Hollies song, the road is long and many a winding turn. Um I think we've got a long season ahead of us. We do lack goal firepower. Can we get it in? Don't know. Will we spend the money? Probably not. Um, we'll be there or thereabouts. I think we will. I, th- I think we didn't. Uh, we do more luck, um, a better referee, and um, a little bit better decision making. We've got to use Zian Fleming to a better extent, as we've just discussed with Michael. Um, final point, just before I close out this week's show, bit of a um, hodgepodge because I'm away at the moment, so it's all thrown together somewhat. Um, I just thought I'd want to say thank you to the club and to the Armed uh, Forces personnel today for the superb, the usual superb pre-match remembrance ceremonies. Absolutely top-notch, um, as it always is at Millwall. And um, if nothing else, that made watching the uh, the game today on the stream juddery, buffery, as it was, made it all worthwhile. Anyway, there we are, onwards and upwards. Thank you for listening to the show. Apologies for its um, slightly tacked-together quality this week. I'm going to close out now with a few voicemails, and we will be back next week after the Preston North End away game. Until then, dear listeners, it's Arriva Dirty Mill. Bye for now. Uh, Nick, it's Matt Richards uh, driving back from the from the uh, from a wet and windy den this afternoon. Yeah, it's just I mean it's really it's just frustrating really. I thought we played well. Um, you know, we just definitely it's just we definitely I know it's obvious, but we we should have won that easily. And it's I, don't, I wouldn't say we played badly. I mean, you say that okay, so we played up against ten men for the whole of the second half. Um, so you say it's a bad performance because we didn't win, but I thought. We did it. We did enough to win. I mean, 
look at stats, we had over 20 shots on goal. Um, perhaps some some of those shots were quite wayward, where they were. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's taking chances. Isn't it? That's three games in a row now. We haven't we haven't scored um, since I think since Tyler's scuffed goal against West Brom. Same old problem, scoring goals, isn't it? Really. Um, there's some decent crosses today, but no one there to kind of get on the end of it. I mean, I think the, f- the first half we we dominated even when they had 11 and. Um, there's some decent chances. Uh, there was a good, good little move at the start of the game from a corner with Fleming had a shot. Clearly, that's been done on the training ground. Uh, Fleming had a free kick, which brilliantly struck and just hit the side netting. Brilliant move as well um, between him. I think Bradshaw, Savile was there, and um, I mean, if it had gone in, it would have been one of the best goals I think I've seen seen at the Den. Um, and so yeah, so we, we were deservedly better, the better sides. Um, yeah, I mean, then the sending off. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was slightly. I don't really care, really. But maybe it was slightly harsh. Uh, maybe he could have got away with a yellow. But um, yeah, sending off, brilliant. And so you just kind of thought, well, second half, we're bound to. We tend to play better in the second half anyway. Gets ten men. I was, I was sure we we're going to win, and um, and we didn't. And it's, uh, it's frustrating. And you know, we had quite a few chances. So lots of crossing into the box. But just, I mean, could he have put on another forward earlier and really gone for it? Maybe. Um, I mean, we're dominating anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the, then obviously there's, then the goal was disallowed. Offsides, don't know. I've got a clue. Couldn't see from where I was. You know, it's, it's disappointing. I mean, now I've got one more game before um, the World Cup. Preston away is always tough. Will we get anything from there? I don't know. You know, but we could do with it because we, we're slightly moving away now. I think we've gone to with tenth. We want to stay up near that pack and then and then see, see what happens after the World Cup. But anyway. Yes, that's it. Disappointed, frustrating, um, but we, we go on. Cheers, Nick. Come on, you lines. Hi, Nick. John Rankin here, just calling in with the uh, post-match reaction um, to the nil-nil draw against Hull City. Very, very frustrating um, afternoon at the Den. I think that um, that's the way football goes sometimes. I mean, clearly once Hull had a, a man sent off in the uh, first half, then playing against 10 men who just sort of stay in and around the penalty area constantly during a match does prove difficult. Interestingly, a couple of observations on the game. Uh, the first one was Ian Fleming went very close with a free kick. Um, in the first half, I thought it was, it was just outside the penalty box. It was all set up for him to curl it into the top right-hand corner, and that's the way that Hull set up to defend against it. But he dipped it up over the wall and hit the, hit the side netting on the left-hand side of the goal, um, a foot uh, to the right, and that would have been an absolutely beautiful goal because the goalkeeper was in no man's land. So there were a couple of moments. He, he created another lovely move and um, a sort of give and go uh, around the wall pass in the first half into the whole box. Didn't quite complete it. Um, Hull looked pretty good before they had their man sent off. I spoke to a couple of Hull supporters in the car park before the game and I said, who are your best players? And they mentioned a Colombian guy and another guy. And Hull came out with the typical sort of three or four really big 
um, hulking uh, defenders, uh, maybe one of their attackers. And they did what other teams are doing to us now repeatedly. And I think, I said in my last voicemail, we've got to work on this. I asked the whole fans who their best players were. And they immediately said, well, we've got these guys, but you've got Jake Cooper. Jake Cooper's got a massive reputation with other clubs, you know, as our danger man. And it shows now because he cannot get near a ball in the box. It's getting ridiculous. There are two, three men round him. And we've just got to sort out some sort of system where we shield him and let him have a free run at the ball because other teams are wise to it. So he was totally ineffective and that had a big bearing on the game because unfortunately, I'm not making excuses for, for Millwall, Hull obviously sat in and defended, but we showed a real lack of imagination in unlocking them. So our game plan seemed to be play the ball around at the back, send it down one of the channels. If that got cut off, send it back to the centre-backs, send it down the other channel. If that got cut off, which it did because they were defending, send it back to the centre-backs, hoof it up for Tom Bradshaw again, who's five foot five. So, you know, it just doesn't work. And we really lacked that ability down the middle of the park to pick up the ball, run with it, pass the feet, and get a move going through the middle. We had lots of shots which were nowhere near on target apart from Zian Fleming's early attempt. We had lots of crosses. We did have a disallowed goal and it looked pretty marginal to me. Um, Tom Bradshaw managed to get on the end of a cross and it went into the net off the top of the crossbar down to the goalkeeper. It was a little bit scrappy, but it was a goal and we were all celebrating until we saw the linesman with his flag up. And I'd like to watch that on the replays really to see how far offside that was. But it was a very, very frustrating uh, match to be at. We clearly were all over Hull. Um, They must be absolutely delighted to come away from the den it was a well-attended match, obviously Remembrance Sunday. And unfortunately, after about 60 minutes, I think the crowd started to turn a little bit. And I don't know if that demotivated the players. Um, Tyler Bury didn't have the greatest of games. He got some... Some of his moves went wrong, his attacking moves, and the crowd started to get on top of him a little bit, and he was substituted. Um, there were some good... Solid performances. No one really stood out. No one really got hold of the game by a scruff of the neck. But, you know, it was difficult in those circumstances. Hull's first game with a new manager, so they're all playing to impress. And, you know, for what they did, they did well. But as I say, we've got to have a bit more imagination going forward. Um, We've got to have a bit more creativity. Uh, Scott Malone again um, was didn't have the greatest game defensively. Um, he does deliver the ball quite well into the box from set pieces and corners, but defensively, Hull were putting all the pressure on in the first half down the uh, the left hand side where you've got Scott Malone and Tyler Bury, and they look very shaky down there. As I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to dig Scott out. Um, he's a big contributor to the club, but defensively, um, I think he's a little bit of a weak point. I'd, I'd have put uh, Callum Styles in there myself. But, you know, it's kind of splitting hairs, really. We didn't get the job done. Um, we needed a bit more intelligence. 
And although he gets a lot of stick from supporters, and I think it's unjustified, that was a game made for Benicophobia, really, because he has the footballing intelligence and the ability to create space in and around the box. Um, he can pick his way through, he can score a goal. Um, you know, when there's lots of defenders around him, he can take on a defender, he can go round one. And I think we missed just that sort of little bit of um, quality in that final third. I think all the players tried, um, but it just didn't happen for us. So there you are, a uh, frustrating day, but that's football sometimes. And on to Preston North End. Come on, you Lions. Achton, Millwall. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.